What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Mirrors aren't just the pathway to review your own looks. They are often portals to other darker lands where evil uncles lurk, reaching from beyond to impact the living to bring the Dark Lord into their realm and bring darkness to all. At least that's a setup for this first episode. A return to horrifically campy form inside Season 2 of Friday the 13th, the series. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast. A retelling, a revisit, and an always educational review of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 1... Doorway to hell. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Next, some quick housekeeping. The 201. If you are subscribed to our RSS feed for our podcast inside of any one of the many podcast directories, well, then you've probably already listened to our 201 episode for our pre-launch into season two. But if you haven't, there's a link inside the show notes for this episode to go listen to it. And as always, I encourage everybody to listen to the very first episode of every season to get caught up from what was into what is. Yep. Again, the link is inside the show notes over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. The Podcaster Matrix. Ah, it's exploded just as we hoped it would. And we hope that you'll go and check out the Podcaster Matrix, especially if you have your own program that needs not only help with editing, not only help with promotion, but being able to gather together with other great programs to generate more downloads for your program. Go check it all out now over at podcastermatrix.com. Well, we've sprung through the housekeeping quick enough. It's time to step boldly through the threshold into our review of Season 2, Episode 1 of Friday the 13th, the series... Doorway to Hell. Fatal Egyptian fumes are the mechanism that launches us back into Season 2 of Friday the 13th, the series... Jack Marshak, man of action, tells the tale of last season, and now Uncle Lewis is obviously an active servant of Satan. And season two launches into an exploding door with 
a strangely familiar voice. Jack is painfully aware of Uncle Lewis's voice. Meanwhile, at a local filling station, a worker named Eddie arrives to take new orders from his boss. Suddenly, it turns into an armed robbery. Armed robber number one springs from his car and underneath his white overcoat is a shotgun. Eddie, who happens to know the armed robber from some nefarious past thing we'll never know anything about, begins to crack the safe? Okay. Unfortunately, after cracking the safe and taking the money bag, armed robber number one shoots and kills the store owner. Both Eddie and armed robber number one jump back into the white car and flee. Meanwhile, back at the Curious Goods shop, Jack and Ryan are busy uncovering the history of the mirror that Jack recently saw Uncle Lewis in. It's a new path back from hell. Time to talk to Rashid once again to talk more about the realms of darkness. Ryan finds a deed. It's a deed to a house. Indeed. Jack Marshak. Man of action. Proceeds to Rashid's home. Armed robber number one and Eddie arrive at their new lair. It's the same house that Ryan has recently found the deed to. Hmm. How convenient. Ryan and Mickey spy Lewis searching for something inside the mirror. He's trying to make his way back. Eddie and armed robber number one begin to cook up some breakfast. Mickey and Ryan pull up to the front door. (gasps) Eddie and armed robber number one prepare for their arrival by getting a handgun and a shotgun ready. As Ryan and Mickey arrive at the front door, the door opens all on its own. Webs everywhere. Dust and signs of age are everywhere. They decide to split up. Ryan goes up. Mickey stays down on the main floor. Both of them are taken captive almost instantaneously. Why are you here? Yeah, they'll all get that. Well, that's how the robber talks. Good. Why are you here? Screams armed robber number one. Eddie finishes up a shave. Okay. And then spies Uncle Lewis's apparition. The apparition begins to choke him. Then Eddie cries out, Help me! Help me! and is pulled into the mirror. Eddie is now inside Mirrorville, the realm inside the mirror where there are screams, red lights, dead trees, fog machines, and every single living instance of a haunted house you've ever seen in your life. Evil laughing finishes out the compliment of decor as Eddie begins to shudder and shake and convulse, just like everyone watching this episode. Snap to Rashid, who is now incantating above the mirror inside the shop. Snap back to Eddie, who is now in... Greenface. He laughs maniacally. (laughs) Jack and Rashid spy Mickey and Ryan through the looking glass, almost as if it's some kind of storytelling mechanism for a television show in the late 80s. I think you peeled the correct banana there, Mike. Eddie appears in the room arms extended like a zombie and walks into the room the room begins to shake violently red lightning begins to streak from his hands and the evil powers eventually cause the armed robber to shoot himself in the head with the shotgun eventually the shuddering ceases as does the cheesy music and interest in this episode 
Jack and Rashid grab the broken piece of mirror and head to the house. Mickey and Ryan are trying to find a way out. Eddie draws his handgun on them. Ryan and Eddie fight over the weapon, and Ryan is able to subdue Eddie. Ryan and Mickey run, but Eddie is once again overtaken by the spirit of Uncle Lewis. Ryan and Mickey barricade themselves inside a storage room, because storage rooms are always such a great place to get stowed away. Nobody ever looks in a storage room. Outside, Jack and Rashid arrive. Rashid traverses the fog-laden courtyard to begin his awesome incantations, but is struck by a boat of Lewis lightning. Cacao, cacao. <laughs> Inside, Mickey has found a calendar. <gasps> Look at that! It's exactly one year since Uncle Lewis died. Yet another coincidence, Mike. In the other room, Eddie, also known as Uncle Lewis's spirit... Ness. Uncle Lewis is wearing Eddie like a puppet. Yes. Begins an evil incantation that begins to shake the house. Rashid and Jack watch inside the mirror outside. Rashid. Did you you understand that? Because I didn't. They realize that Lewis has somehow opened the door to hell? Not a nice place. Mickey and Ryan try to fortify the room that they're in, but it's too late. They have to jump into the opening. To the realm of darkness. They arrive, and it's the land of arms under stage and fog machines. Jack curses Lewis as Mickey and Ryan stand and run. Inside are the faux trees of doom. Are the mossy faux trees of doom. Suddenly, Mickey and Ryan find themselves back inside the house. Jack and Rashid make a battle plan to battle the realms of darkness. They must not let the power enter the world of the living. Jack has a revelation and takes Rashid off screen to perform awesome. They head back to the shop and Jack finds yet another book. From midnight on the first death date and at the rising of the sun, freedom can be purchased for three souls. Of course they can as Uncle Lewis tries to go Jack back to the house. Jack would be the third soul. That's okay, because Lewis is going to kill Mickey and Ryan anyway. Meanwhile, Mickey and Ryan are accosted by Eddie, who gets the drop on them, but Ryan pushes him into the mirror, into mirror land. Eddie is completely and utterly useless when not possessed by Uncle Lewis. If only he had more green face, I'm certain it would be more interesting. Jack and Rashid wonder why Lewis hasn't come for Jack. And the answer is, he can't leave the house or the mirror land. The only way to solve it all? Send Jack into Mirrorville to close the door. Rashid begins to create more incantations that will transport Jack as he heads into the house that closes all doors automatically. Rashid finishes a very special concoction and begins to place the mirror back together inside the mirror's frame. Jack finds Ryan and Mickey and begins to tell them and the audience what needs to happen inside of another long, incredibly detailed, must-perform instance of expositionary dialogue. And now it's time for Jack to head inside the mirror. Jack endures the screams, laughing, fog machines, and other sundry hunted house mechanisms inside that include umbering mossy trees that we've seen previously, and then raises 
The Cross of Coronado? Rashid continues to piece together the mirror. Piece by piece. Amazing! Jack continues through the foggy, bat-filled area, pushing aside mossy trees, and eventually is choked by vines. Vines most foul. He drops the cross of Coronado. He reclaims the cross of Coronado and burns the vice with the cross of Coronado. He's free. Lewis stands on a parapet in a cloak cackling. Cackle, cackle, cackle. And is beckoning to the dark one. Come forth and devour the land of the living. <laughs> Ryan breaks one of the many mirrors in the house, as does Mickey. And they continue smashing mirrors inside the house. Rashid has completed the mirror construction with the exception of one piece and begins even more incantations. Jack finds his way to the top level of Mirrorville and falls into a fiery hole. Jack begins to climb out of the hole and does. Rashid is elated. I think this was all used to pad time, Mike. I think we're filling episode time pretty damn sure at this point. Mickey and Ryan continue to break mirrors left and right. Uncle Lewis overtakes Eddie's body once more and begins to shake the house, shake the foundations. Jack continues to find his way to the light. Jack makes his way into the light and begins to close the doors, just in time to ensure that the Dark Lord is not able to transition to the land of the living. Jack reaches into his bag and pulls the last remaining piece of the mirror out of his bag, while at the same time, Mickey and Ryan and Eddie are able to also leave the house. Except that Jack hasn't left the house, and his end and or not end is left into ambiguity. Mickey and Ryan head back inside the now completely daylit house to find that Jack has not made it. They have apparently lost him. Dun dun dun. They all stop at a Denny's for a moons over my hammy and then head back to the Curious Goods Antique Shop and wonder, what are we going to do? What they're going to do is continue on. Otherwise, Jack died for nothing. And then Jack appears with a towel because he's been upstairs taking a shower for the last 25 minutes while everybody's snacking on moons over my hammy. Unharmed. Why? Because Rashid's incantations worked. Everybody's protected. All is well. The doors of darkness have been closed forever. Uncle Lewis is no more, nor are his threats to the land of the living. We hear a broken glass. Or is he really gone? Every episode of Curious Goods is made up of goods and bads. Let's talk about the good. cornucopia of content. Nick, we don't have enough time inside of this no time limit podcast to talk about how much content is actually inside this episode. There's so much going on here. There are so many different places that we visit. There are so many not quite special effects that are used inside this episode. Right. And it's so plentiful. It is. There's something everywhere you look inside of this episode. Especially when you pair this episode with the final episode of season one, because it is almost a continuation of that season finale, the bottle episode, the clip show episode. It really is kind of like the the follow-up to that. Yeah. 
and there's a lot to unpack uh, because when there's not exposition dialogue going on, then it's fumbling around in the dark in the creepy haunted house stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely too much stuff to really go through. That's why we're keeping it to just three goods and three beds. Great haunted house elements. Having been a volunteer inside of many haunted houses in the 80s, no less. I've never done it past 89. So inside of the mid-late 80s, I was inside of haunted houses, and you're seeing it all here. Mm. There, Every trick in the book from arms out of the floor to... Cobwebs hanging everywhere. Cobwebs, light effects, dust, yep. fog, all of it. It's all here incredibly well presented without question no yeah yeah they are haunted house tricks however we'll talk more about that as we get into some of the detail inside of the other side of what we're going to be talking about uncle lewis i think that we could have a series where five minutes of each episode is dedicated to seeing uncle lewis in a broken mirror cackling because it's fun (laughs) It is. It's absolutely fun to not only see that actor again, but to have him interact with our team of heroes somehow Mm. dangling the threat of Uncle Lewis is always, always appreciated. Well, he's the original bad guy. The only thing about his character that I really do not understand where this whole show is wrapped around is in the very first episode, Mm -hmm. we see him, we're introduced... And he can't take the pressure and the guilt of selling cursed items to people, which then causes the devil to, you know, collect his soul and, and bring him down to hell. And But every other time we've ever seen him, because he's trying to get out of hell, he's evil as shit, man. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering where, wh- why did he have that moment of repentance? That then caused him to be killed, and then now he's... I, I get the whole wanting to get out of hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you're in hell, you want to get out. But that that very first time we meet him, that whole, oh, no, I can't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. Oh, shit. My elevator that doesn't work is now open to hold <laughs> hell. Yeah. I, one of the things I've never understood is we have a moment where he, he clearly had... Like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And then after you get sent down to hell, you would think you would still be experiencing that because that's what would make it hell. Yeah. If you suddenly took on the, wow, this is kick-ass. Let's find the Dark Lord and let him out, too. Hail, Thetan! Right. Yeah, then it suddenly like becomes yeah. something satisfying and a mission rather than, you're, and now you get to endure hell forever. Yeah. Enjoy Hellfire. Ah, I, I'm, I, I, I get it. And it's easier to make him a villain than to be a villain, but then every now and then we're going to make him go, boy, I sure wish I wasn't evil. Hi, guys. Yeah, yeah, right. So I I get that piece, too. I just kind of wish they'd pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as we choose to forget about that moment in that very first episode (laughs) of the series, then, yeah, all, all the other times Uncle Lewis has shown up, just, you know, just a great evil bad guy. Yeah. And that's where we ask you guys, what did you find good inside this episode? Our very first revisit into season two of Friday the 13th, the series. Doorway to hell. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. 
Well, we've covered the goods. Now it's time to cover the not-so-goods. Here's a look at the bads in this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Cornucopia of content. No, ladies and gentlemen, you are not experiencing deja vu. Cornucopia of content is what we started our goods with, and we are going to start our bads with it as well. There's so much in this episode that kind of just sits there. There's so much that's just blah. I get the fact that we needed to have a body for Uncle Lewis to inhabit in the real world, but the whole subplot of Eddie and armed robber number one, you know, reconnecting after evidently Eddie was in the joint and now he's on parole and and crap like that kind of seemed like a waste. I mean, a big one. Literally, we could have saved a lot of time and just had like some vagrant living in the house. Oh, yeah. And then hearing voices look at or, the mirror. Or a caretaker. Even a caretaker. A caretaker. It doesn't even Something. really matter. We did not or, need to spend time. Or, or not have them. Well, you need somebody for Uncle Lewis to jump into to do stuff in the real world, especially if you're going right. to have the haunted house set up. Agreed. But, but they don't kill Eddie. And so it could well, have been any one, of, well, not any one of the three, because Jack would have needed to have been taken with Rashid. But if all you've got is Mickey and Ryan running around the house, breaking mirrors and screaming, it could have been one of those two. And then we actually care. Well, and that's the thing. That's if, another thing. If you see Mickey convulsing, are you more are you more concerned than oh, if yeah. you see Eddie convulsing? But but there's another stipulation right there that we should look into. Is the whole thing was is that Lewis trades three souls to the devil to be able to live again so it has to be three specific souls why couldn't they have just used eddie it could have been eddie mickey and, and ryan and boom or even armed robber number one yeah. you didn't need to bring in the trumverit of our three main cast members unless that was actually the real deal and and that kind of does make a little sense though when now that i'm actually really thinking about it it's like all right hey devil nice horns so <laughs> I really want to live again. It's it's the anniversary of my death. I, I get I get the free pass if I'm able to give you a present. So how about this? Why don't I give you the three souls of the people that are collecting your cursed object? Yeah. Isn't that a pain in the, the, the tail? Yeah, let's get them. That does make more sense than just three random idiots. Because armed robber number one is a murderer. Mm-hmm. So he was going to hell anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think the devil would be more interested in souls that weren't destined to go to hell to come down to hell. Ah, three souls is three souls. You're getting out. <laughs> no, seriously. The devil you, you need three is souls. in the details. You need three souls, the door unlocks, and you get to go. Period. Paragraph. Done. Anyway, the, the, the gist here is that there was so much stuff. We talked about it inside the goods. We're also throwing it into the bads, though, because there just was so much going on inside of this. I, I can't I can't say that it was the pacing also because of that, but to get to everything that was inside of this, you had to run at fever's pace all through the whole thing. Well, yeah, when you think about it, there was only three locations in this entire episode. Mm-hmm. The very beginning, we're at that gas station where mm-hmm. we're introduced to Eddie, his boss, and, and armed safe. robber number one. Right. 
But then after that, it's nothing but going back and forth between the shop mm -hmm. and the house. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth, back. Almost a bottle episode, like our clip show episode, yeah. the episode before. But no clips. No clips. So it's not a clip show. The concept of effective exposition is lost in this episode. Usually we have well-crafted exposition given from usually Jack Marshak, man of action. But sometimes it could be uh, another character, but usually it's Jack. This episode, wow, it was, it was back and forth between him and Rashid exposition machines just you had word, used the words exposition engine inside of <laughs> inside of our inside of our prelude to this episode and it's never been more appropriately posed the difference is that it's an engine i don't want to listen to yeah yeah the, the we we always talk about exposition scenes whether it's inside of the feature film reviews that we do or television stuffs blah and when it's done exceptionally, it really does need to be showcased mm -hmm. and talked about. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is one that you and I love to laud yeah. because it really does know how to effectively put in exposition that typically would just be a dumb info dump inside of almost every other television series. And inside of that series, it's not, yeah. ever. I don't remember the last time that it got even remotely stupid. Yeah. Inside of this episode, however, though, it's literally where they both open their mouths and stuff flies out. And yeah, it we're getting it really from matter. both sides. It's exposition yeah. and stereo. So yeah. it's it, usually you have the one person who knows what's going on mm -hmm. and they fill you in slowly but surely. But this one, it's just it's both Rashid and Jack going back and forth. It's like, OK, so here's my exposition. And, oh, this Exactly. Yeah. And the the other thing, too, and we talked a little bit about this or alluded to it inside the retail. There is a lot of time inside of this episode where something is put in place so as to pad the 43 minutes of time needed yeah. to make the episode. And that speaks horribly of the people that needed to craft the episode in mm. regard to pace. Because if you'd have taken some of the time that was needed for the dialogue and the exposition and replaced that into the spot of, I don't know, Jack climbing out of a hole for no particular reason or falling into it or even seeing the hole. That meant nothing. Yeah, there was a lot of it moments trying to build the tension of searching the creepy old house. There's only so much of that you can do before yeah. it's people just walking around a damn yeah. house. Look, it's beautiful light flying through a window into a fog-laden room times 10. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that if they walk into a room and there's lights flying through the window, then it's probably going to hit the fog that's inside the room, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, and enjoy it's, it again. Sadly, it's and one of those. And again, it's one of those con concepts of not enough style or substance. Yeah. Opening up the can of effects. Normally, we don't like to fault this show for the time period mm -hmm. because, you know, this is before we had CGI and a lot of the great effects that we are all used to now in our movies and fantasy sci-fi shows on television. Oh, man. This, but this one, this, this one was really kind of cheesy. 
because it was like, oh, I've got a strobe light in my car. We can use that. Let's, let's toss on the strobe, man. I got a red light. We can screw that into the light above us, and ooh, it's going to be red. Dude, I've got three fog machines in the trunk. Let me grab fog them. Fog machines rock. Rock on. And then it's like somebody grabbed a Sounds of Halloween cassette tape yes. from the dollar store and decided we were going to use that as our soundtrack. I, that was probably – there's nothing about this episode that I hated, but that's one of the elements inside of a show like this that I – I can't abide. Well, us being we, we can't, podcasters, we can't we're, we're very particular to sound, totally. sound mixing, and the music. Yeah. And again, this one just, <laughs> it, I can't even say it was phoned in. This one was like telegraphed in. I can't, we won't mix words. It's lazy. Yeah. This was extremely lazy. Yeah. And it shows. It, yeah. it definitely, my enjoyment for the episode is wrapped in the mood that the episode presents. And when. All I can think about is, I think I had that tape back in 1989. <laughs> I I remember I played that on a Halloween night when I was handing out trick-or-treat candy with my mom. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So those are our thoughts on the not-so-goods of this episode, but we want to know what you thought could have used a little bit of polish inside this episode. Season 2, Episode 1, Doorway to of Friday the 13th, the series. Let us know by heading over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Hit the contact button, fill out the contact form, and let us know. Nick, it's time to take a break here during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. I know what I'm doing. I'm getting on Amazon and looking for my copy of The Sounds of Halloween so that I can emulate this episode forever. But make sure you put two in your cart. <laughs> we'll be right back. Make your podcast soar with the editor core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment real impact thanks to perpetual advertising are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors thought about a career in voiceover need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business don't know where to start check out the voice farm 
your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing the Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. everyone, welcome back to the Curious Kids podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and an always educational review of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, this series. This time, Season 2, Episode 1, Every time we come back from break during the Curious Kids podcast, it's time to reveal our manifest moments. Our manifest moments are where we find either an actor's portrayal, something inside the storytelling elements, or something else inside of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got? My manifest moment for this episode has got to be the attempt at redemption from its lackluster season one finale. This was something that you and I debated in the preamble of this recording. Uh, I I was trying, I think, to convince myself and you, but mostly myself. (laughs) Uh, I remember your white-hot hatred for the season finale of season one because it it was a clip show. And a bad clip show at that. And even though I don't hate clip shows as much as you, I agreed it, it, it was lackluster, especially for a season finale. Mm-hmm. Well, when this one starts, we get a recap of that episode. And I got to tell you, the recap to that episode makes that episode sound a hell of a lot more interesting <laughs> than the episode actually was. As is, as is intended. Yes, it, exactly. The uh, writing, writing the, the retelling of this episode, I try to write something that was at least remotely interesting. Yeah. So I get it. The fact that we're we're trying to continue those story threads, mm-hmm. which there were very few, but the ones that were in that episode were very strong. Mm-hmm. You know, Return of Uncle Lewis, mm-hmm. the temptation of Jack, the the learning that he had a son that was taken away from him at an early age through the occult, and the introduction of Rashid. Well, here we go. We've got we've got almost all of that back again. We don't really talk about Jack's son, but the threat of Uncle Lewis is still there. It's actually even stronger now. We get a return of Rashid. We get everybody in peril again. And that's where the redemption stops. <laughs> and it goes downhill from there. Unfortunately, because I think had this had there been a little bit more planning and a little bit more forethought in the writing of this episode, you could have had a home run where all of these elements are concerned. You, you've got the right ingredients. My manifest moment is the, I guess, the the wish and hope of what they could have done and what they started doing in the first two minutes of the episode. And that is my manifest moment. My manifest moment is not actually something from the episode, strangely. Oh. My manifest moment is that you are trying to tether this episode to the previous episode. I'm not trying to tether anything. It is a tether. There's a tether there. I just listened for six and a half minutes while you spewed forth your... Well, first (laughs) of all, it wasn't six and a half minutes. (laughs) The bottom line, 
about the manifest moment for this episode is that it's not that I didn't find anything interesting from this episode because I did. Mm-hmm. If I had to grab something that's literally out of the episode, I would take that the the under the floor arms coming out of the ground. It was an awesome moment. But it is something that I can go and see inside of a good quality haunted house. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't need to see that on television. So what are we doing? I also love, we've talked about it, I love Uncle Lewis. But we've talked about it, so I'm not going to make that my manifest moment. The rest of it is all reasonably paced information that all gets shoved together, and there is no ebb and flow inside the episode. Mm. So I guess I can liken it to somehow being tethered to the last episode of last season that I really didn't like. But I I was looking for something definitively different. The episodes of this show that always move me are what are essentially standalone show episodes that take that Twilight Zone-esque feel, wrap it around one of the cursed objects, and give us really great storytelling. And you know what we had inside of this episode? None of that. Right. With the exception of maybe the mirror, and then the deed to a house that comes out of nowhere... So that we can use the creepy house. Eh. I definitively want something more from this show beyond, okay, here's some more Uncle Lewis. Uh, okay. I'll take the Uncle Lewis because I like Uncle Lewis. Here's some creepy haunted house effects inside of a show that you like. Mm, okay. Here's your three heroes screaming around and, hey, by the way, how about a sprinkle of Rashid? I'm mm, looking for something more. I'm looking for those incredibly meaty episodes that we were able to give really great scores to during the first season of this show inside of season two. This was not any of that. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment from this episode? Season two, episode one. Doorway to hell. Let us know by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form. Tell us more about what your manifest moments were from this episode. Vocabulary. Ah, vocabulary. Our visit to the realm of words inside of Friday the 13th, the series. We didn't find a lot inside of this episode in regard to vocabulary that was interesting at all. But... There was something showcased inside of this episode that I think is very effective that I hope gets used more because even inside of previous episodes or this episode, what is always used and used effectively by Rashid are incantations. Incantation, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, is listed as a ritual recitation of words or sounds believed to have a magical effect. And what needed to be read inside of an incantation inside of this episode was some sort of spell to be put onto the editors so as to make this episode more tight and paste well. I also blame it a little bit on the writers. Fine, we'll blame them too. Begin your incantation. Have you got another vocabulary word that you somehow divined from this episode? Let us know what that word is by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what vocabulary word did you find inside this episode. Episode rating. Ah, the rating inside of the Curious Goods Podcast. The scale works thusly. 
A 10 is on top of the heap. An incredibly well-placed welder's glove shoved on an arm protruding from the floor. A 1 is on the other side of the scale. Double barrel shotgun to the face. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? I think we've made our (laughs) feelings about this episode pretty clear through the retelling, our look at the goods and the bads, and even our manifest moments. The first episode of a season, especially a returning show, needs to be engaging. It needs to grab you and, and welcome you back. It's like, ah, you've been away? Welcome back. It's time time to get the action rolling again. Uh, very similar to how the season finale of a show should be, too. It should grab you and leave you wanting more. Well, there's been some comparison and some uh, connection to the end of season one and the beginning of season two because they are kind of a continuation of a story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just like the end of season one's episode, Bottle of Dreams, Doorway to Hell is lackluster. Extremely lackluster. There's not much I can really say that I haven't said already about this, uh, or you, that you've already said. Coming back for season two, I was very excited. I'm like, all right, we're going to get back to it. The end of season one was just a fluke. No big deal. We're not going to experience that again. And then immediately we experience it again. So sadly, I have to rate this episode, season two, episode one of Friday the 13th. I got to give this a four. I think four is a very apt number. I kind of look at it this way. I'm looking for something different out of the storytelling from Mm -hmm. not just the actors that we love, not only the characters, which we are very interested to see where and how they go to wherever. Yep. This is a spinning their wheels character development moment. There's nothing gleaned out of maybe, with the exception of maybe some more Rashid background. Uh, well, I mean, we, we learned that he is the foremost expert on the realms of the dark. Yeah. So. And so I, I, I did love that we get some more Rashid. Yeah. And it's one of Jack's few, the few people from Jack's past that hasn't died yeah. well, after it, we've been introduced yeah. to him. So. No, th- th- that's terribly fair. The problem is that Rashid's incantations cannot carry an episode. Yeah. You just can't. We have our three characters. They're all represented here, but they're not doing anything that I'm really interested in at all. Yeah. Uh, the, the whole getting into Two of them are running around a dark house, banging screaming. into things and screaming. Right. Yeah. And, and, and not doing really anything effective. The, the whole screaming woman thing needs to not be a thing inside of the show. Mm-hmm. After a period of time, especially being involved in what they are doing, it's not that they would be scabbed over, but you'd think that there'd be a foundation of elemental operation that they would take on mm-hmm. Yeah, when they know, okay, oh, okay, so it's Uncle Lewis again. All right, so what worked with last time was blah. All right, so we got to start from there and then work upwards and see what happens. We got none of that. Yeah. What we got was Ryan and Mickey running around an alien house that was something that they obviously got access to and said, hey, let's use this because it's kick-ass, and, and it they, is. They used the shit out of that location. Yeah, and it, it's used. It, it It's all wonderful. It's, it's high-end production in regard to creating a haunted house. Look, there it is, time and time and time again. It's all there, and that's awesome. 
What isn't awesome is including that as the reintroduction of us into season two of a television show where we are clamoring for something more than what we just got done with. Yeah. What wasn't a fan there. I think to boil it all down, I'm looking for something different. I do love our characters. I love that they're throwing in more Rashid, but I require more. I also give this a four. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode, season two, episode one? Doorway to hell. Open up the portal to our website over at CuriousKidsPodcast.com. Fill out the web form and tell us what you thought about this episode. Ah, well, another great episode into the can and annals of the Curious Goods podcast. Let's break out of the studio here, Nick. Ah, the air is filled with moonlight this evening. What? What? Why is there so much fog? I don't know. We gotta. We gotta start paying the guys. What the hell is that? I didn't know you guys had werewolves out here. Is that ghosts? Those are ghosts. They don't bite or anything. Don't worry about that. Well, no, ghosts, of course they don't bite, but they go, boo. Now we're going to get into our cars. First, we need our car keys. Why are we still recording, Mike, as we're walking into the parking lot and leaving? And I'm left here in the dark. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. I'm trying to find the guy's name so you don't have to keep on calling him armed robber number one. Because that might get a little tedious. He dies pretty quick, though. I'm not True. worried about I, it if you I are. I think his name was Mike. That's refreshing. Well, it's either Mike or Buddy. <laughs> hey, Buddy! Well, I think Buddy was called the guy who was running the gas station. Mm. So it's one of the two. Mm. Or... Armed robber number one. Armed robber number one it is. There's only one armed robber, though, so... That's right, he dies quick. We don't have to worry about it. Because <laughs> they're not in hell. Okay. Hell is through the doorway that they have to close. I, I don't care. You, you, yeah. I clearly don't care. Ah, well, another great episode. Into the can and annals. Annals. Yeah. Into the can and annals. I think you might have hit the nail right on the hammer. No, that said that one that wrong. That makes so much sense. <laughs> As about as much as this episode does. <laughs>